0: Hello, beloved listener, and welcome to another episode of Reditations. My name is Celeste Johnson, and in every episode of this podcast, I talk about something I've read and then turn it into a guided meditation for you. This week, I'm talking about Plain Song by Kent Harreff, which is a beautiful piece of literary fiction set in rural Holt, Colorado, some time ago in the past, although we're not sure exactly when. This book is at its core about how we build communities and take care of each other plain song as kent Hareff defines it is the unisonous vocal music used in the christian church from the earliest times any simple and unadorned melody i think this title is perfect to describe the contents of this book the characters in the book move in unison like the voices in plain song to create their lives together The word Plainsong gives the book a spiritual feeling right off the bat. Plainsong is old and sacred, and so are the ways that these characters care for each other. Their community is communion, and they take care of each other in ways that people have since the beginning of people. Here is a perfect time for a side note about something I thought was really interesting and cool in this book. Kent Harreff does not use quotation marks. There's not a single quotation mark in this book. I found that this was perfect for the tone and subject matter of this book, because that stylistic choice blends the voices of the characters into each other, into the scenes unfolding around them, into the landscape in which they live, and it makes their words part of the landscape, not something separate. It unites the characters with each other and helps us see, as readers, how their words intertwine and combine. First, let's do a little summary of what happens in this book. The plot in this book is very understated. There's nothing big or loud about it. The book focuses on the characters as the most important thing. So to begin this summary, let me introduce you to the characters who are at the heart of this book. Tom Guthrie is a school teacher at the local high school. Tom Guthrie's children are called Ike and Bobby. They're his sons. They are 9 and 10, and they have almost a twin-like relationship. They're very close to each other, and they take care of each other. The McFerrin brothers kind of mirror Ike and Bobby, except for these brothers are elderly. They take care of each other. They run their own farm, where they live together, and neither brother has married or started his own family. The McFerrin brothers instead have chosen to live their lives together and pretty much keep to themselves, although they're friendly and still involved in the community. Victoria Rubido is 17, and she attends the local high school where Tom, Guthrie, and Maggie Jones teach. She is pregnant, and the father of the baby is not really in the picture Victoria gets kicked out of her mother's house because her mother finds out she's pregnant. Victoria turns to Maggie Jones, that teacher at the local high school, for help because she doesn't know what to do or where to stay. Maggie initially lets Victoria stay with her at her home, but Maggie is taking care of her aging father, and that presents some problems as Victoria is staying there. Maggie has the idea to ask the McFerrin brothers to take in Victoria. This is a really odd match because the McFerrin brothers, they keep to themselves, and although they're very sweet, they're these kind of removed elderly gentlemen who don't have a lot in common with Victoria in terms of their lifestyles or their experiences. At least that's how it seems on the surface. So after some convincing, the McFerrin brothers agree to take in Victoria. We get to see their relationship unfold. And meanwhile, while all of that is unfolding, Tom Guthrie and his boys are experiencing different things on their side of town. Tom Guthrie is a school teacher, and we know from the beginning of the book that he has some pretty staunch and firm principles. His sons are the same way. Ike and Bobby, although they're only 9 and 10, are these very mature, thoughtful, independent, and well-reasoned kids. They're interested in connecting with the people around them. One of my favorite side relationships in this book is the relationship between Ike, Bobby, and an old woman who lives in town named Iva Stearns. At first, they go in to help her out with something, and eventually she invites them to bake cookies with her and learns about their situation a little bit more. Side note, Ike and Bobby's mom has pretty severe depression, so Ike and Bobby, they're left without a strong female caretaker in their life, even though their dad is a great caretaker. Iva Stearns talks to them and kind of realizes this and does what she can in small ways to give them a little bit of extra TLC and care. Anyway, to try and sum up the plot here, I'll just say that Each character goes through development and progress and change, but that progress and change happens through relatively small and ordinary life events. This book feels real, and I think it's those ordinary life events at its center that make it feel so real. Now that we've discussed the characters and you've gotten to know them a little bit, I want to talk about the role of community and caretaking in this book. This theme is really evident through the characters and their interactions, and one thing that I love about this book is that we get to see every character act as a caretaker at various times in the novel. Ike and Bobby take care of each other. The McFarren brothers take care of each other, of course, as well, and they also take care of young Victoria. Victoria takes care of the McFarren brothers in turn, Tom Guthrie takes care of Ike and Bobby. He is also a sort of caretaker for all of his students at the high school. In contrast to the examples of people taking care of each other in this book, we have a lot of examples of people who aren't taking care of each other. For example, we see Victoria's mom kick her out of the house when she realizes that she's pregnant. We see the Guthrie boy's mother leave them to go to Denver. We see Victoria's baby daddy abandon her and then come back and essentially abandon her again. We see a lot of moments like these throughout the book. Whenever these moments of abandonment come up in the book, it's never the last straw for a character. We always get to see another character come come in and scoop up the one that gets left behind. Even when something bad happens, even when Victoria is abandoned by both the father and her own mother, she finds people to take her in. Her community is willing to scoop her up and take care of her. And this is true for every character throughout the book. They each have their high and low points, and when those low points come, there is always another community member ready to step in and take care of that person, which is one of the most beautiful features of this book. It's a testament to the idea that there's always a way to bounce back. There's always somebody ready to catch you. The fact that these community members are always taking care of each other creates an overall sense of community that made me feel as if I'd had a spiritual experience by the time I finished reading this book. I left thinking about my community And how it's constructed. I left thinking about my family of origin and my chosen family. I thought about the ways that people in my life always scoop me up and take care of me and the ways that I can do that for other people. I left thinking about ways to build a community that's as intimate and trusting as the one in this book, especially in our era when communities are often constructed differently than they have been in the past. This book emphasized that community begins by talking to each other. It begins by asking for help and listening intently to other people's stories. When Maggie Jones is trying to convince the McFarren brothers of why they should take in Victoria, she tells them, quote, You're going to die someday without ever having had enough trouble in your life. Not of the right kind, anyway. She's talking about how they've kept to themselves, more or less, for their whole lives without anyone but an old red cow to carry about and worry over, as she says. Maggie's request for the McFerrins to take in Victoria is a big one, but she suggests that the trouble of it, the extra effort and energy, and the initial discomfort and newness of it will be worth it. I've thought about Maggie's words several times since I read them. For me, especially because I'm an introvert— It's often easiest to keep to myself and stay in my own little bubble instead of connecting with other people. But when I do spend the energy and effort to stay in touch with people, meet new people, and nurture the relationships in my life, it is so worth it. I feel more spiritually and personally fulfilled. I feel part of something bigger than myself. Maybe this feeling is something you can relate to. It takes work to build relationships and maintain them. It takes energy to connect sometimes. But when I leave those parts of my life to wither, I quickly feel my spirits withering too. I notice the absence of the right kind of trouble that Maggie Jones talks about. The social ties that give me new things to think about, people to care about, and the chance to be loved and give love. So in honor of this right kind of trouble, the challenge, risk, and reward of community building and intimacy... Today's meditation is dedicated to fostering more of it. Let's meditate. As always, let's begin with some deep breaths. Wherever you are right now, take the next breath and use it to settle in just a little deeper than you are right now. Scan your body, starting at the top of your scalp. Continue to breathe, and as you gently bring your inner gaze from the top of your scalp downward at your own pace, notice what sensations and feelings are in your body right now. If you find tension along the way, use your breath to sweep it away and let it go. Relax your face muscles, your jaw, your neck, your shoulders, your arms, your hands, your chest, you may be holding tension, your belly, your hips, which may be sore or stiff after a long day of sitting, your legs, your knees, your ankles, your feet, and your toes. Imagine the tension melting away as you scan down your body, relaxing each part of you as you go. Breathe in again. We're going to do some visualization. Picture someone who has made you feel cared for at some time in your life. This could be a teacher, a sibling, a mentor, a parent. Bring to mind someone who has made you feel cared for the way that the characters in plain song make each other feel cared for. Envision their face, their stature how they carry themselves, how they talk. Bring them to mind so clearly that you can feel their presence. Note any sensations in your body and keep breathing. With every breath, call to mind a new detail. Once you have this person in your mind, envision a time when they made you feel cared for. What did they do? What did they say? And how did they make you feel? Keep breathing and use your breath to help you as you bring this memory, this imagination to life. Picture this scene. The person you've imagined is doing something to make you feel cared for. Let it replay in your mind. Envision the exchange between the two of you as a ray of light. Bright, warm, white light. Imagine that light exchanging between the two of you, passing from that person to you. Feel the warmth of the light envelop you as you continue to replay this scene in your mind. See the light envelop you in your imagination. Feel it wash over you. Soak it in. Allow it to grow. And take a breath to just feel what it's like to bask in this light coming from the other person. Once you feel like you've absorbed the warmth, positivity, and joy emanating from this light, I want you to shift your imagination. Now I want you to imagine a different person in your life. Maybe someone you love, but it can also be somebody that you don't know very well. On your next breath, imagine encountering this person. You are still glowing with the light of your previous interaction. When you meet this new person, envision that light passing from you to them as you do something to care for them. Imagine reaching out to that person however that looks to you. It doesn't have to be a big action. Because even in small actions, we can convey so much care for each other. Whatever action you imagine yourself doing to reach out to this person, fill it with care. Imagine passing that white, warm, bright light to this other person through this act of caring. Feel the connection between the two of you. This is how we build community. We reach out to each other, and we receive from each other. We give freely, and we accept freely like the characters in Plain song do. Take one final breath and continue to feel the effects of this warm, bright light that you've imagined. Notice the sensations in your body as you come back from your imagination and recenter yourself in your physical body right now. Scan from the top of your head down one more time. This time, noticing any changes from when we started. Whatever you're feeling, simply notice it and welcome it in. As we bring our meditation to a close today, hold that white light within you And remember that it is yours to give at any time. It is up to us to connect with each other and care for each other. It is in our hands. It is in my hands and your hands. Open your eyes if you've had them closed. And when you go forth from this meditation... I hope you choose to connect, to care, and to reach out. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Reditations. Special thanks to Josh Monk for the sound design on this episode and for the work that he did on the theme music, which you hear in every episode. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it with a friend who you also think would enjoy it. You can also support the podcast by reviewing and subscribing. Both of these things help other people find the podcast. You can stay up to date on what's coming next on Reditations, plus hear every episode on the website, reditationspodcast.com. That's also where you'll be able to find our Patreon link if you'd like to further support the podcast. And of course, that link is in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time with me. Happy reading, friends. See you next time.